Good evening, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us today on Imitating Podcasts, um, hosted by Icon Ministries. Uh, the vision of Icon and this podcast is to see disciples everywhere living like Jesus. We accomplish this by, by initiating love, self-sacrifice, friendship, belonging, hospitality, and empowerment that leads to a multiplication of disciples um, throughout the world. Um, I'm your host, Louis Clark, and I'm joined tonight by another ICON staff member, Doug Hunt, who is based in uh, Dalton, Georgia, along with his wife, Shelly, their children, Emily, James, and Andy. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking on the podcast about belonging and shame. This is a two-part series that we'll be uh, diving deep into this whole topic of belonging and the role it plays in the process of making disciples. Good evening, Doug. Uh, hi, Louie. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. How's right, the weather right. in Dalton, Georgia? Uh, it's hot. It's humid. Uh, the bugs are loud. Uh, it's good. Just uh, August in the south. So I think but we're good. I think I can hear them back there. You know? Yeah. 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 Every um, night we we get a chorus of uh, cicadas. I think that's what they're called. And they are very, very loud. So Tonight we'd like uh, Doug and I would like to talk of, to you about um, belonging and shame. And I want to begin with shame. Because um, what love is, because disciple making in a word is love. And um, it is, Jesus said that men will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. So that anything that inhibits that love, anything that disrupts that love should be a concern to us. Um, because love is not only wanting the best for the beloved, the best for your disciple, love also... Um, desire to be in union with the disciple, with the beloved. And, um, and all this comes from the essence of God, who is love, who has belonged to one another. And, and in the good news of the kingdom of God, they wanted to reach out to us to be in union with us as children. And so one of the major disruptors to that uh, union and that unity and that connection is shame. A um, couple definitions here. Shame is the painful feeling arising from the consciousness of something dishonorable or improper done by oneself or another. Um, it, it is a painful emotion. You know, it's, it, you feel this loss of innocence when you feel shameful. You feel a loss of reputation. Uh, you feel this loss of self-respect. I no longer respect myself. And then also the loss of relationship. And then I don't feel like people can will want to connect with me. And if they really knew me, they wouldn't want to connect with me. And, and with shame, there's public shame, you know, a divorce, you know, getting kicked out of a school. Everybody knows about it. And then there's private shame or secret shame where... You know, things that only I know about, but it still causes shame within me that causes me to withdraw and, you know, disconnect. And so in the whole disciple making process, as we see Jesus and imitate him, what we're doing is teaching our disciples how to love one another as he did with his 12 
and to know what it is to belong and then go directly to the deepest shame that people have in order to take the good news of the gospel and love to that. So Doug has been making disciples for over 25 years, mainly a lot of college students. And even now he's discipling a lot of college students. Where has shame and um, belonging and connectedness fit in with the guys you've discipled? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is an inevitable reality that is always dealt with at some level with just about everybody uh, that, that has been in our life or that's in our home right now that's a part of our ministry here. And uh, when you were going through the definitions or a couple of the definitions, there's another one that I like that, that is it's, it's real simple. And it, it's shame is that I am what I am. I cannot change. I am hopeless. And it's that sense that there's something in me uh, that I have done in my past uh, or there's something about me now that is that is so deep, um, so bad, so ugly that there's nothing that can be done about it. So I don't I don't want to take the risk of letting that part of me out, because if I do that, then there is a huge you know, fear, I guess, fear of rejection, fear of judgment that people have. And so. Uh, and so some of the things that we have seen or or some of the things that I, I guess over the years is that that to, to really get to that place of um, someone taking leaps towards becoming like Christ is growing as a disciple of Jesus, that it's that it's really uh, big moments in people's lives really happen when you get down into that point of shame. Yeah, because it's there. That is that is so often. I think the place where they need to meet God, they need to find God uh, in in the in the part of shame in them, instead of just acting like they can hide that from God and deal with God in the rest of their life, but then just hang on to this hopeless thing over here and not allow Him in. And so, uh, so it's so much of just the discipleship process. I think is is taking the time and building the environment in the relationship uh, that allows uh, it allows the space for someone to get to vulnerability, to trust and intimacy where they can go to that place of shame and, and put that, you know, not, not before me or before us just so that we can know it, but, um, but confessing that or bringing that uh, to the community of faith and to, um, to to God, so that the Holy Spirit can work there. Uh, so it's it's a it's always there, you know. It, it, obviously, it's one of those things that that looks uh, different in everybody's life. I think of you know I think of you know some moments of someone coming into our home uh, and. Uh, being in tears because they can no longer they can no longer live with that sh- that thing in their life that they're ashamed of. Just many times of that, or somebody showing up, uh, you know, at our doorstep, literally, and saying, "I need to tell you what I've done." Um, but it's in those moments, as hard as they are, where where real I think discipleship. Uh, can happen, and and for me, and and you can interrupt anytime, Louis. Uh, but you know, just in in general with disciple making, what what um, 
a way that I like to think about it in general terms in, in a big way is that I'm trying to to help somebody see uh, something in themselves that they can't see themselves, something uh, like the possibility of God in their life or the way that, that God has made them for the kingdom of God to work out in their life. And, uh, and, and a lot of times it's, uh, it's things that may seem obvious to me, but for whatever reason, they're blind to it. They don't see it because of sometimes it's shame. And so uh, I think helping people see that when, when we're focused on our shame, we can get to the place where we only believe uh, we only believe what we can see about us because of the shame, the block of the shame. So I can only believe I, I believe that for whatever reason I am what I am, I cannot change. I'm hopeless because of of X in my life. And what belonging can do when it is centered around Christ, and I think really, and, and I I. I Keep going back to Jesus in Matthew 11 when he says, come to me, all you who are weary. Um, I'll give you rest. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And to me, there's so much of that invitation to belong to a place of gentleness, a place of humility, a place of rest. And then in the context of that, he says it's in that kind of space of belonging that you can learn from me. And so um, it's, it is, uh, I think, getting um, the kind of relational environment in place that allows someone to put, put the place of shame uh, right there for God to work in it. And I think it's a, um, helping them, again, it's helping them find a place where, where something that where they are able to see something new about themselves in the kingdom of God. Uh, and part of this is recognizing the water in which our disciples are swimming. And that's in uh, here in the, the West and Western culture, American culture, you know, they are lit. They are groomed to be self-sufficient. They're groomed to be independent. Um, and so, in some ways they often feel like wrong that feels wrong to be connected to these other people in this and um to belong to this group of people because it goes contrary to what i'm seeing around me in my culture of of this you know rugged individualism and this um independence and so part of the you know part of the discipling process is um bringing the kingdom of god values on earth uh, in your disciples' life and teaching them, you know, what does it mean to belong? What does it mean to um, be in the family of God? Um, because cause what, we're, what we're struggling with here is, is identity and how is identity formed? And um, it used to be identity is formed outside of yourself. You had God, uh, you had maybe your tribe, your family, maybe your church, your country, and your identity was formed there. Well, now what the culture is telling our kids or even telling us as adults is that you develop your own identity. Louis, you be true to yourself. You know, create your own um, who you want to be and who you want others to think you are and who 
you want others to, you know, to treat you in this particular way. I mean, that's part of this, I think, where with the pronouns um, coming in is I want you to um, call me this particular pronoun this particular way because I'm determining my identity. And um, what disciple making does is it deals directly with a person's identity in that um, <clears throat> that they are now a child of God. And see, and how identity is formed, this is really important, how identity is formed is by belonging. That's how I cultivate, how God cultivates this belonging. And, you know, and what we're doing there is you're getting at the core of the, the gospel. Um, a friend of mine, Trevor Burke, he's wrote, he wrote that adoption is about being wanted. It is about belonging. These are deeply emotive themes which resonate with care and concerns um, in our fractured society. To be adopted is to be invited into a loving, caring environment. It's about being welcome, wanted, invited. Adoption celebrates the privilege of invitation in which an outsider is welcomed into the fold of faith and love. And that's, we are adopted by God, and it says in Romans 8, we cry out to him, Abba, Father, and testifies that we are God's children. We belong to him. And so in the disciple-making process, what you're doing is, walking your disciple into the reality that they are a child of God. And how you do that is engrafting them into community with others, with other brothers and sisters, for them to experience God, to experience belonging, and what the Godhead feels like for all eternity of being familial, being a family, and then also that we belong here, and that they love one another. What happened at the baptism of Jesus? Um, the father said, this is my son whom I love, whom well, I'm well pleased. This is the God. Of all the things that God of the universe could talk about and say, he said, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. So. Yeah, it it's makes me think of a, a couple of places, and then I want to tell a little story uh, that's, that's pretty recent for us. It makes me a couple, a couple of places in John 14 and John 15 where uh, Jesus is in John 14. He's talking about when he's going to leave, uh, and he says, "I'm going to, I'm going away to prepare a place for you." And even in that, saying, "Hey, I'm going to create this other perfect place of belonging um, for you." That's why I'm going back to the Father. And then, and then, if you go into John 15, and it was such a well-known passage, and it uses the language of "abide in me." remain in me and that's very much the language of or the image of making making our home in him and he is he is saying that uh in, in in that passage he says i've told you these things so that my joy would be in you and that your joy would be complete and so it's it is in the invitation of jesus into a relationship of belonging and family and home that that is where we uh, experience the joy uh, and the love of the Father when he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, remain in my love, live in that, belong in that love. And it's the same love that's between the Father and the Son. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, several, uh, several weeks ago, several months ago, 
uh, God brought uh, this young lady, college student, into our, our life. I actually texted her today and told her that we were doing this and just asked her a couple of questions. And, and uh, we were talking with her recently about when she first started coming into our home. And she was very nervous to, to our, we have a, this, what we call our family meal, our group. It has many different names. And she was one of the first people that God really brought in. And the first night that she was here, <clears throat> she, uh, she was so nervous that she wouldn't even sit at the table with us and eat. She stood a couple of feet over and just, she even said, I'm nervous. I'm just going to stand over here. Fast forward. Uh, a few months, and she she makes this statement. We're we're talking about um, God as a father uh, at our dinner, and she she made this statement. It was so honest, and I loved it. She said, "You know what? I used to think that God was pretty crappy. I think that was her word, um, which was just you know it was just really great to have such an honest statement." And then she says, but now that I have found this group of people that have, that have loved me and accepted me, uh, I see that he really is good. And that's, that is so much uh, what you were saying a few minutes ago, Louis, is that it's in belonging that God is experienced and the love of God is seen. And where she has even said... Um, uh, on other occasions, uh, how grateful she is that she has found a place that she can belong. And she texted me today, and she has said that it's it's been in the belonging that she has been able to um, to to grow in her faith, it to grow in her confidence in who she uh, in who she is, and uh, just to experience just more wholeness as a person and in her spiritual life. And so much of that has been. I think, been because uh, there's a big plane flying really low over my house. I don't know if you hear that, um, which is very unusual here. Uh, but but she found a place um, where she could slowly and patiently um, build trust and intimacy and, and learn to grow as a disciple of Jesus. And it was so much of what, what you were saying a minute ago. So it's been, you know, it's not just a theory. It's been a reality that we've been watching in multiple people's lives. And, and it takes a long time. I, yeah. I think it takes at least three years. You know, cultivating belonging uh, in people is not an overnight. If they've lived 20-some years a particular way, they're not all of a sudden going to be with you for six months ago. Oh, I get belonging yeah. now. I get no emotional connection and relational connection. It does not work like that. And I think an important thing I want to say here too is C.S. Lewis um, in his autobiography, he, he talks about how, you know, I, he's 54 years old, but he said, I'm going to basically tell you about the first 15 years of my life because a person's, he believes that a person's view of themselves, their view of God, their view of the world will be set by the time they're 14, you know, and as you're discipling somebody, it doesn't matter if they're 70 years old, 50 years old, 30 years old, 18 years old. You know, you, the foundational years of connection of where they either learn to connect well or they, they, there was dysfunction in connection. You know, because I, I use the picture of how I like Star Trek, you know, and how 
um, they put the shields up when they're in emergency. That I have that same Captain Kirk chair in my the center of my heart. And when I feel afraid or rejection, I hit that force shield of protection that protects me uh, from people so I don't get hurt anymore. But then it also disconnects me from God. You know, it's like it's you cannot separate your relationship with God from your relationship with people and your relationship with people and your relationship with God. Show me a person's relationship with people and I'll tell you about their relationship with God. Because you can snow me about, oh, I have this wonderful relationship with God. I'm in his word every day. I'm praying every day. And I'm, you know, and I go to church all the time. But if they do not love well, then they're not a follower. Because that's what a child of God, men will know you're my disciple, by your love for one another. And what is that love? That love is connection. Um, the, uh, Brene Brown says that connection is the energy that exists between people when seen and heard and valued, when they give and receive without judgment, when they de derive substance and strength from the relationship. And, you know, and I, I would take it a step further and saying what people see is God when they see our love for one another and the belonging that a person feels. And I wanna to go to something you said too, is that I think when a person belongs their behavior follows suit. When I yeah. feel like I don't belong, that's when my behavior becomes erratic. And I do inexplainable things. I do self-destructive things. And why is that? Is because I don't feel like I belong. And I'm searching yeah. for ways to compensate for that. Yeah, I, like I, I think with us, what, what we're seeing with some people, and this is even my own experience, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fairly guarded and private um, person. Uh, but but I, I know that I am experiencing belonging uh, when more of the real me is coming out. When I feel safe, uh, when um, I know that, you know, that I can be me, that I don't have to put on a show, I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not um, in order to protect an image or to gain acceptance or approval. Um, I know that that belonging is um, is happening uh, for for me or for others when when people feel the freedom to be to be themselves and not to to be rather than to do in order to fit in. And so there's like a freedom in that. And as we see that with people in our, faith community that when when there's a freedom for them to 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 say the thing that's honest and hard or um or to to really put their frustrations in life on the table uh, then we know okay there is uh um, there is safety here for them to really explore okay what is what is god what is jesus really how does he really meet me in these these hard places um and it but and you're right it takes time and i, I when i think about um, and I heard somebody else say this. I could remember, wish I could remember what the video clip was, but but it's so connected to this. You know, in in First Corinthians 13, the first thing it says is love is patient, and and that is so true with belonging as well of of helping someone belong, to love them well enough to help them truly belong and feel safe to be themselves to find Christ takes a ton of patience 
it takes a ton of humility. Uh, it takes a ton of vulnerability. Um, and and you cannot hurry that along. You can't you can't impose. Okay, you need to. This is how you belong. This is the time frame that you belong. This is the way that you belong. But love is patient, and so it's like removing, helping people get to belonging. It's removing that pressure um, of speed. It's removing the pressure of acting a certain way. Um, and allowing them the time to uh, experience trust uh, and, uh, and intimacy. That reminds me of the way you said that. Um, I was working through this belonging, trying to think what I thought about it. And there's this trauma psychologist we work with, who we're friendships with. And he and I were sitting up outside at this coffee shop, and I could take you to the exact place, exact table, because it was so profound. Because I said, I asked him, I said, how do you define belonging? And he, without batting an eye, he said, no possibility of rejection. Yeah. You know, and boy, that's hard. Yeah. And, um, and, but I think he's right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think in my, my Christian experience growing up at church, I always felt that possibility of rejection. Every time we did the Lord's Supper, you know, the way it was presented, it was, um, if you don't have all the sin in your life, take care of and confessed up, you know, there's people who have died because they've taken the Lord's Supper unworthy. Yeah. And, you know, rather than a celebration of the gospel and the gift of God through Jesus and um, the, the, that I'm adopted and that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. I mean, that's what that's right. Paul teaches us in Romans 8. And but and but the, the problem is all of us make ourselves the exception and to the rule. And, you know, we can go down to the, the jail. We can go down to the prisons and go to, you know, and preach the gospel. And people say, oh, man, but I murdered people. Um, uh, I, you know, I raped women. And would you God forgive me? And we go, yes, that is the message of the kingdom of God. And of Jesus, but then we come back home to our own apartments or homes, and we wrestle with our own. Did I am I really forgiven? Do I really belong? Yeah, you know, and that's what what you're saying is in the discipling process, you're helping your disciples understand. No, you do belong. You have not sinned beyond the grace yeah. of God. Yeah, and so. the, the, there's a there's a book that now I've read multiple times because it's you know I think it resonates with some of my own struggles and it's uh, it's the book the search for significance and it's really about what how does how does the, how does the gospel speak into a lot of the common struggles that we have like the need for approval or um, being performance driven and it's really it's kind of an older book but it's it's really good and there's a section in there on shame and it talks about how you know in, in talking about our own masks that we wear that get in the way of us really experiencing the love of God and, and, and even experiencing belonging. And some of the things that he talks about, uh, one is passivity and isolation. And he says, some of us try to compensate for gnawing feelings of shame through passivity, reviews it, refusing to invest in any, any part of ourselves in relationships and responsible 
and responsibilities. We may be compulsive perfectionists in some areas of our lives, but may avoid taking risks in relationships or circumstances. We may tend to become engrossed in peripheral activities um, so that we are too busy to experience the reality of relationships. And he says, isolation is often a corollary to passivity, avoiding both the risk of, of rejection, which you mentioned a minute ago, and failure. Some of us withdraw from virtually all meaningful interaction. Our, our deep sense of shame leads us to withdraw from others, feel isolated, and experience the pain of loneliness. And so when we live in that, when we are in that shame, we miss we miss the power and the beauty of the gospel in our life. And what belonging does, I think, when it is centered on Christ, um, what belonging does is it allows someone the space and um, where they can deal with that, the force field, like you talked of, talked about, of shame, so that they can they can grow as a disciple of Jesus. And so shame blocks people from being able to see themselves accurately through the kingdom. Belonging provides the environment for someone, uh, for people to overcome shame, to receive love, um, and to begin to see themselves through the lens of the kingdom. And you and Ryan Seibert have b both speak on a passion of yours is the pursuit in disciple making. And maybe the first step in disciple making, the first step in belonging is the pursuit, just as yeah. Jesus pursued his disciples. And I've watched you pursue your disciples and Ryan pursue his disciples that, you know, that that's pulling those people out of that passivity or that, yeah. you know, that isolation, you know? Yeah. Well, our time is up and next week we'll expand a little bit more on some practical ways of how to, for your disciples to experience belonging. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, you can head over to iconministries.org, .org, connect with us and access to articles and videos on disciple making. Icons is a faith-based ministry relying on the gifts of God's people. If you'd like to give towards uh, the support of this ministry, you can, can uh, hit the donate button on our website, iconministries.org. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes, thank you.